We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. On and off, we've had this scripture that I want to share with you this morning. And it feels very much a word for us now. And I want to bring it to you and see what God says. So let's have a look. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And my burden is light. A kind of a really weird season for everyone, stating the obvious. And there are lots of things that we've tried to do to kind of rest, to kind of find a break. I don't know about you, but I'm very creative in the number of different ways that I can find to take a break. They don't all work very well. In fact, quite a lot of them don't. But here's a little list of things I came up with that I think about sometimes about when I want to escape and put up the barriers so I can get into my own space. Where do we look to find rest? We can find rest in the media, can't we? We can escape into films. Uh, If you ever listen to Classic FM, they talk about their relaxing classics at seven. I don't know whether they still do that. But this idea of going to a place where the music that's played to you might escape. I've heard that some people find certain types of food comforting. I never realised that stress was dessert spelt backwards. You know, sometimes people can find a kind of rest in their own family circumstance. Now, I'm not saying that it's not something we should give thanks for, but it's interesting. Naomi had lost her husband and was with Ruth and her daughter-in-law. And she said to her in Ruth 1.9, she suggests that she should go and find rest in a husband, in another husband, because with her, there was no hope. But God had other ideas for her. God had an idea that he was going to call Ruth to be a Moabite, but become one of God's people. Naomi thought that she'd be all sorted if she could only find herself a husband, but God had the man in mind for her. And that's just something that leapt out at me as I was thinking about this. You know, we can look for escapism in all sorts of different ways. Sometimes it's that escapism of the ostrich. We stick our heads in the sand. I know that ostriches don't really do this, by the way. It's a common picture we have. They're actually listening, apparently, for the approach of predators when they put their heads to the ground. If you stick your head in the sand, it's like you can't see it. And if you can't see it, it doesn't hurt you. We can look for security or rest in soulish relationships, relationships which are are becoming more important than they they ought to be. That's not to say that actually we shouldn't lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, but there's a point when being liked becomes more important than loving someone. And obviously there's other things like alcohol and drugs, external experiences that can appear to give an idea of rest, but actually The reality is, you know, when you speak to someone who has to drink alcohol to sleep, they never actually sleep. They never actually rest. And God has something more for us. We're very creative in all the distractions we have, but God has is the only place that we can find true rest. When Jesus says come to me, it's not about the outcome. Okay, is we don't come to him for results. It's about position. It's about us coming and laying our lives before him. It's about his yoke, not our yoke. It's about keeping in step. And the focus is on 
the giver, not the gift. The focus is on the one who we've been called to. He's called all who are wearied and burdened. I've been reading a book called God on Mute, and one of the comments that was made in it, the author is talking to someone who has a whole load of stuff going on in their lives, which would be a pressure. And, you know, their wife is ill, this is happening, something else is happening. And he says to him, how do you still pray when all of this stuff is happening around you? I'm paraphrasing to be polite, but he says, basically, life is tough, but God is good. And you see, the thing is, when we're going through stuff, God never promises to take us out of it. What he promises is to be in it with us. Each day, Jesus said, has enough trouble of its own. He didn't say each day would be without trouble. We're used to, in our country, having relatively trouble-free lives. And actually, at this time, many of us have come across problems and troubles that we never dreamt we would have. And our usual sources of security have been have been stretched or just found to be ineffective. God's answer is not to take away the difficulty, but to say, come to me. Come to me, take my yoke upon you and I'll give you rest. I think the burdens that we face are not unique. I think that the burdens that, that we face are the kind of burdens that have always faced people on the earth. And God comes to us in that place of weakness and burden and says, come to me. I think sometimes we get frustrated because the thing we're not doing is not working well enough. That can be, you know, like a lack of fruitfulness. Um, if we offer it to God and it pleases him, the outcome is not important. What matters is we offer it to him. If you feel that people are often letting you down and you're getting frustrated with them, are you weary? Are you burdened? You know, we can also work on ourselves and we can constantly feel like we're not doing good enough. Sometimes it's a lack of rest, literally a lack of rest. I think that uh, at this time, there's been a, an attack on some of our sleep. And I think different ones have identified and testified and spoken about and asked for help with struggling with sleep at this time. God says, come to me and I will give you rest. That is a promise that God has for you this morning. And I believe that as we connect with him and as we press into him, so we'll find that place of rest. And it's not necessarily a place of sleep, but it is a place of rest. And I'm going to talk about what that means. Um, when we go beyond what we have grace for, it's never a good thing. What do I mean by that? Well, we should always be aiming to please God, don't we? And that is our living, that's our life of a living sacrifice. But there does come a point when sometimes we find ourselves worn out in what we're doing. Now, Paul says, don't get weary in doing good. Um, there is a need for us to come back to the source, to come back to the one who can motivate us to go beyond what is naturally possible. And he says, come to me. Now, as you all know, I am an experienced athlete. Well, not really, but I've heard other people talk about this. And I understand that when you're running a long distance race, there comes a point when you, your metabolism, that's the way you digest your food, has to switch. See, if I sprint down the road, I'd like you to have that picture in your mind. By the time I get to the high road, I'm going to be out of breath. Now, picture, I carry on running and I keep going all the way to Good Maze Park. I go around Good Maze Park and then I go up to Hainal and then I come down from Hainal. Now, this is a picture which I want you to hold in your minds because it might happen one day. But on the route, there will be a point when I will get so exhausted, I will want to stop. What happens in the natural is that my body stops digesting my breakfast, my sugars that I have in my 
it, it to hand and I start digesting fats. I start digesting other things that give me energy. And that's how people can run marathons, I've heard. They can run these long distances because your body has a different way of metabolizing food. Sometimes I think spiritually we can like hit a wall. We can hit a point where we feel like we can't keep going. And if you're a long distance runner, what you have to do is you have to persist in doing the thing you're doing. And suddenly a new metabolism kicks in and you can go further. You can go further. And I believe that part of that wall, if you like, for us spiritually is about coming to him. It's about connecting, reconnecting. As we reconnect with him, as we get to that point when we want to give up, God reconnects us and we we experience that whole new uh, strength from him now i don't know about you but i'm quite keen on rest the word rest when jesus says come to me and i will give you rest is a greek word and it, it's the kind of rest you have when you've done a good job yesterday had the joy of helping owen or sort some things out in a home really felt the diy juices running as i managed to do several things very successfully in the home I fixed several things really successfully when I got home I felt physically a little bit tired but I felt I've done that I've finished when Jesus says come to me and I will give you rest it's that sense of a task being done it's a sense of something being completed and the people he was speaking to were the ones he referred to as children that God had hidden the things of this world from the wise and revealed them to his children. The children were those who'd been following the religious people of the time, sewn up into all sorts of religiosity, things that they had to do in order to please God. And God's removing all of that religiosity and saying, just come to me, come to me. I've done it all. I've done it all. I've made a way. It means that we can get rid of the striving to please him. It means we can get rid of ceremony, which is pointless, uh, uh, going through the motions. It's not about procedures and rules anymore. It's about our position in respect to him. It's about our connection with him. And it means we have his undeserved goodness, that grace, that strength to help us in time of need. It's about a place of fulfillment and a place of energy. When we find rest, we realize it's not about something that we have to earn. It's about a, something that God is giving us. It's a gift. The concept of rest is not one that's entirely only in the New Testament. God talks about rest with the word nuach. Now, you might have heard the word ruach, which is a word for the breath of God. Now, the ruach of God is the Holy Spirit. His nuach is his rest. I wonder if it's like a sigh when you finished. I don't know. Hebrews like that. A lot of the words just kind of fit together. As you feel like you've done a job and you, this nuach is something that God has for us. It's something we know he can give and it's something he can withhold. In Psalm 95, God says that he was angry with his people for 40 years. These were the ones who were given the Ten Commandments and then rebelled. And he says, there are people whose hearts went astray. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. And for 40 years, those guys they all had to die off before God would enter them. On the positive, we see that in Exodus 33, verse 14, when he's talking to Moses, God says that his presence would go with him. It's one of the times when Moses is having this conversation with God about who he is. To, and God says, look, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses says, look, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't take us up from here. 
there is a place of rest in the presence of God that God wants us to know and to experience that's not dependent on external circumstance. There's a promise, David, when he's been fighting all these battles, uh, that God says, I will give you rest from all your enemies. Sorry, nuach, uh, resting uh, of God. And actually in Numbers 11, we see that when the nuach of God comes on, on the people of God from his presence, he enables them to prophesy. So I believe that this resting is far from having a little nap. This resting that God's talking about is about an enabling that comes on us from the Holy Spirit to actually fulfill the things that he has for us to do and speak out his word. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, so the spirit can rest on us, they prophesied. In another story, the spirit of Elijah is said to rest on Elisha. So this word resting is a very important word. We don't maybe talk about it enough, but it's something which God does that's very, very important and enables us to really serve him in the way that pleases him. So my invitation to you is to come closer, to find that place, know that place of rest. Jesus said, take my yoke and learn from me. And a yoke, there's a picture here of two cattle, okay? I'm not saying any of us look like this, okay? But this is this is the picture I've got. And I've got a big cow and a little cow, and that's deliberate. When a plowman plow his acres, what he would do to train a new member of the team, what he would do is he would put the smaller, less experienced cow alongside the other, and between them, they would work together. Now, the big ox would know exactly what they were doing. They would walk in the right straight line. They would have the strength. And the second one would, in turn, learn over the years of walking with the bigger ox to know where to go, how to pull, and what you needed to do. And in turn, that smaller ox would become the larger ox and so on. When Jesus says, walk alongside me, he is the big ox. He's the one who knows the path. He's the one who carries the strength. He's the one who sets the direction. And you see, the thing is, what I want us to notice is that if we're yoked with Jesus, wherever we go, he is with us. I thought about this and it's like a restriction. It's a place of restriction, but it's also a place of security. It's a restriction because we can't just go off and do our own thing. But it is a place of security because we know exactly whose we belong to. And actually, because we don't know where we're going, it's a place of adventure. When we're yoked with him, he takes us to places we would never have chosen on our own. God wants you to connect with him in a new way. I believe God's calling you to, to take that step of walking alongside him. Perhaps you've never done that before, but God has that for you. Opposition gives us access to him. We are his children. We can become his children. But my question is, are you carrying your own load or are you walking alongside the king? I was watching a programme last night called Winter Walk. There was a poet on it and he said, uh, the first step of any journey is always the hardest. Perhaps this morning you've got a first step to take. Perhaps the first step that you've got to take is to walk alongside the king and to come to him. Maybe you've never done that before, but the invitation is there. See, the thing is, 
there's a weakness in that story because it suggests there's a long, long journey ahead of you. With Jesus, that is everything. Being alongside him, surrendered to him, he takes a strain and he takes us all the way. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK. Thank you.